All right, glad you're with us. Happy Friday. Yeah, you made it. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. I'm not surprised at all at Paul Ryan's self-serving comments. It is sad, but it is predictable, and um, it's just so disappointing. You know, all the things that have gotten done, all the things Republicans say that they're going to do and never end up doing are getting done. We got conservative justices on the Supreme Court. We've got the largest tax cut in history. We now have gotten rid of more burdensome regulation in two and a half years than any administration going back, you know, probably a century. We've been accumulating more and more and more and more and more. Basically, you, you can't even walk on a sidewalk um, without the government, you know, getting into business and getting in the way of of businesses and then trying to produce the goods and services that we want, need, and desire every day. Uh, then you have Republicans, oh, they said for seven years, it went on and on, 67 votes around, you know, show votes to repeal and replace Obamacare. And you know what? The only, and then when the moment comes and they have a president that's willing to sign the bill, they didn't have a bill ready. How did they not have a bill ready? That's number one. Number two, then all of a sudden, a lot of the Republicans, there were like six in the Senate that voted the year before on just the repeal part of the bill. They voted yes. Then the, the, when it matters and it wasn't a show vote, they voted no. And I'm like, they don't even mean what they say. And yes, yeah, stylistically, Donald Trump is very different from Paul Ryan. And but. Paul Ryan walks away, couldn't stand the pressure. I had to correct Trump, couldn't get him, you know. I, I just, I look at this and I'm like, you know, what is the most important thing, if we're to prioritize, that we want from somebody that is a public servant or supposed to be a public servant? To me, I want promises that you made kept. I want conservative principles. If you say you're a conservative, I want you to fight like hell to get the job done. And I don't know what happens to these people. They go to Washington and they become it's like they're paralyzed. And even though they said it, even though they had show votes about things, they, they, they just don't have the courage of their convictions to plow through, take a stand. There's no spine. There's no backbone. There's no desire to or urgency to get done the things they need to get done. I get it. But for example, I'll use Mitt Romney as an example. Mitt Romney is what who you think he is in this sense. He is a very nice man, has a lovely family. He, I think, would have been a far better president than Obama in, when Obama ran in 2012. And I think he probably would have put conservatives on the court. I think he probably would have pushed for and gotten lower taxes. I think he would have eliminated some bureaucracy. I doubt anywhere near as much as Trump. Um, I don't know where he would have come down on the borders, but that's but putting all that aside. And he's the nicest guy. And they still said he's a racist. They still said he's a misogynist. They still went back and said he cut some kid's hair in high school. They tore him up and down every way they could, the media and Democrats. And being nice didn't pay off. It didn't win. Now, it's really hard for any Republican to win a national election. And I didn't hear Paul Ryan thinking that Donald Trump could win Wisconsin. 
I didn't think anybody th- saw that coming. And the, the point is, is that people, I think, don't quite read what has happened here well in as much as the American people are fed up with both of these parties. They're fed up with all the broken promises. This is, this is where strategically and even tactically the Democrats are making a huge mistake because they think somehow that if they investigate Donald Trump for a fifth and sixth time, because four separate investigations have cleared him of conspiracy uh, to coordinate or work with, uh, conspire, you know, to rig the election, influence the election with the Russians. FBI came up with nothing. Lisa Page said after nine months they had nothing. Peter Strzok said there's no there there. Then we had Nunes after his exhaustive report. He was the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Nothing. And he was also the guy warning that this was going to happen as early as 2014. And it happened in the past, and they're probably going to try and do it again. And then we had the bipartisan Senate committee, nothing. Then the Mueller report, nothing. By the way, I'm one of the few. I can't wait for Mueller to testify. Oh, I can't wait. Now, they're going to delay it a little bit, but I just can't wait. I want him to go there, and I want, you know, finally the Democrats have figured out this is not going to go the way they think it's going to go. They figured it out. I don't even know if it'll ever happen. We'll see. Or they'll try and bring it behind closed doors. Yesterday, they were trying to make it so that members on the committee weren't allowed an opportunity to ask questions. I'm like, really? Anyway, so, you know, I, I, I see this brouhaha and these comments and whatever book this happens to be of, you know, some so-called journalist. Why would, you know, I get asked all the time by these people. Uh, you know, reporters are calling me constantly. New York Times, Washington Post, L.A. Times, I mean, all these uh, huffing Post, they call me from everywhere. And you know what my answer is? Linda, what's my answer whenever somebody calls? No comment. No comment. I have four hours on air a day. I don't need their outlet, their, their teeny little slice of media outlet to get my message across. Or if you want to know what I'm thinking, well, you, I've even said to them, just tune into the show. You'll find out at 3.06 when I start my radio show every day or 9 o'clock straight up when I go live on Fox News. That's the way, but I don't know. So I, I'm, I, I see this all the time with visionless, spineless, weak, no backbone, no courage or conviction, no urgency, no fight. And a lot of people have gotten frustrated. The American people knew who they were voting for. They were voting for somebody that was a disruptor outside the system that was going to shake this system up And he has been unrelenting in pursuing the promises that he has made on the campaign trail and frankly has done a pretty amazing job of getting it all done. Now, you know, for example, after the court ruled, what was it, earlier this week on the issue of the census, all right, now the president And thanks a lot, John Roberts. We've asked this question, you know, in every election since, you know, for over 100 years. I guess it's a big deal now. I don't think there's anything wrong in ascertaining and determining whether or not, you know, whether people are in this country illegally and didn't respect our laws and our sovereignty. I don't think that is a big deal or should be a big deal in any way. But apparently it is for the court because they didn't ask it the right way. And rather than go back to the court and try and figure out the way they want you to 
justify asking a simple question like that. And the president said, you know what? He went to the attorney general, attorney general, chief law enforcement officer in the country. And he said, is there any other way to do this? And the attorney general said, actually, there really is, because you're the head of the executive branch of government and you can have the heads of your departments put together all the data, all the information that they have. And you'll probably even get a more accurate number of exactly how many illegal immigrants are in the country. So Trump, being a practical businessman, says, you know what, I'll go with plan B. And that's what he announced yesterday. And, and some people just, t- you know, oh, he, ca- he didn't cave. He was told no. He thought about the option executive order, thought about the option of going back to the court, then was presented with a third option. And he said, well, I'm going to go plan C. I mean, it, it's sort of like in, in the course of our daily lives when, you know, you go to a, a, a business, a restaurant or something, and you say, you know, um, I just want the the spaghetti without with the a certain way, and and I just I don't want sauce with meat in it. And you only have sauce with meat in it on the menu. Can I have it just with plain sauce? Now, assuming that they have the sauce there without any meat in it, you know, sometimes they'll just come back and say we are not allowed to have special uh, off the menu items. I'm making this up, obviously, as I go. But if it's the owner of the restaurant. And they do have the sauce. He's like, yeah, of course. What do you what would you want? And that is the difference between an owner and maybe somebody who's not as invested in the company and profits. The better you serve your customers, the nicer you are to people, the better off your business is going to be. You know, I there have been times I've been out with my family and I end up taking a lot of pictures with people and or friends, and I take a lot of pictures, and then my friends will say, oh, that's got to get annoying at times. And I said, no, it doesn't, not even a little bit. I said, they're my customers. I'm thanking them. I don't have this job without them. I don't have this microphone. I don't have that TV camera. And I think it's basic, simple stuff. Same with politicians. You want to get reelected. All these guys, in their heart, in their souls, they want to get reelected. So for whatever reason, they all end up calculating the same thing which is, okay, I'm just going to stay here and I'm not going to rock the boat and I'm not going to do interviews. You know, it's always the same congressmen and senators on TV because the other ones say no. They don't want to be on TV and some of them are horrible on TV anyway or horrible on radio. So they say no. All right, so you get the same people. You want, well, Why are we haven't booking the same people? Because the other people don't want to do it or they can't do it. And my point is, if you want to get reelected, Tell people what you're going to do, then go do it. And then when you're done doing what you said you were going to do, tell them you did it. And Donald Trump now is going to be able to go to the American people in 2020. And he's going to say, I promised I'd cut taxes. I gave you the largest tax cut in history. I told you I'd pick from this list of people for the Supreme Court because of their judicial philosophy. I did it not just on the Supreme Court, but all these other courts. I promised you I was going to eliminate all this, all this, all these burdens, government burdens that are put on business, all these regulations that are stifling business growth. I told you I was going to invite businesses and incentivize them to build their factories and manufacturing centers in America. Then I'll be able to point to the ones that happened. I told you I was going to get better trade deals. He'll point to Canada, Mexico, probably China by that time. And he'll also say, well, I told you. Uh, NATO needs to pay their fair share. He'll point to that. 
I told you I wasn't going to bribe dictators. Well, he met with Kim Jong-un and didn't cost him anything but his time. He didn't bribe them like Bill Clinton did and then lie to the American people. Well, this is a good deal for the American people. No, it wasn't. It was a bad deal for the American people. Just like Biden, Obama, you know, bribing mullahs. He's not bribing mullahs either. And he talks to people, but he's not going to bribe them. And he still kept his promise. I'm going to I'm going to focus on building the next generation of weaponry. And he had to make a bad deal, but he got the money to build the weaponry. He couldn't get the deal done with Congress on the border. So he went the emergency action route. Now he's got the money to continue building. You know, he's, he's going to find a way. I don't see, except for the Freedom Caucus and a couple of senators, a couple, not many, the same urgency, drive, and desire to be the public servants that the president's being. No, he's not a perfect person. Uh, he's kind of the anti-politician. Every other politician tries to hide their faults. He just lays it all out there every day and it's refreshing and he's also accomplishing a lot look at the economy look at who's benefiting look at the demographic groups that are setting record after record after record the best employment situations in 1969 after the horrific disaster of the biden obama years and why republicans don't join him it, it just it flabbergasts me and they don't see okay he's he's not like you Maybe you need to be more like him in terms of serving people. I don't think they have that desire to fight. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, happy Friday. You know, the media never tires of calling President Trump petty, vindictive, thin-skinned, bully. You know, it's, it's whatever they are. They just, they, they can't stand the fact of that he won and they can't even get over it yet. You know... I want to point out something. I haven't heard anyone else take note of this. The president goes out of his way this morning to defend Nancy Pelosi against pretty despicable charges by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, where, you know, the so-called paragon of, of, of tolerance accused Pelosi of racism. Now, she denied it later, but she kind of did. She said Pelosi was trying to silence her and the three other Congresswomen of color by singling them out for criticism. Uh, she said this after Nancy Pelosi said in caucus, uh, if you have anything to say, say it to my face, not on in the public. And anyway, so the president, I'll be honest, I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. Don't, you know, let a, these this internal squabble is serious. But uh, the most recent example, Pelosi herself, only two days ago, was suggesting that President Trump pushed to get the citizenship question on the census was, quote, part of his plan to make America white again. And it was after that Donald Trump, the president, and reporters, they asked him about what they thought about AOC's comments about Pelosi going after women of color. Um, he said, well, it must be true that Nancy's uh, racist because the Democratic Party's most celebrated member just said so. so but... That's not what President Trump said. No, he said Ocasio-Cortez should treat Nancy Pelosi with respect. She should not be what, doing what she's doing. I'll tell you something about Nancy Pelosi, which you know better than I do. She's not a racist. She's not. For them to call her one is a disgrace. 
And 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Uh, quick update. I guess they're now calling it, it's no longer Tropical Storm Barry, but Hurricane Barry, as it now has hit, I understand, a Cat 1 hurricane. It looks like it's headed straight to New Orleans and more, and then off towards a little bit of the panhandle of Florida. What do you got, uh, our good friend, weatherbell.com, official meteorologist of the Sean Hannity Radio Show, Joe Bastardi. What do we got? Well, I don't like to contradict the host here, especially since... No, contradicted. What do I know about weather? I didn't spend my life chasing storms like a maniac like you did. (laughs) Well, this is heading... Come on, you're you're making me look bad. Well, you can't make me look any worse. No, no, no. Listen, Joe, what I love about you, Joe is so passionate about weather. And if I asked you what the hurricanes were in 1928 or 9, you could tell me, right? I could tell you pretty closely. Twenty-eight, twenty-nine wasn't too bad. Twenty-six was real bad. And what was twenty-six? Was let's not stick with twenty-six. Twenty twenty-six, I believe you had a major hurricane hit Florida. Nineteen thirty-three and thirty-five were real bad. Thirty-five, you had a, a Category Five hurricane cross the Florida Keys. So uh, it puts it, the good thing about uh, knowing the past is that history solves the mystery because where you stand today was built yesterday to reach for tomorrow. It's like that in the weather. It's like that in a bunch of things. So if I know what happened yesterday and I recognize that situation comes in front of me on the map and I say, okay, well, we have a, we have all these options. And then we look at the computer models. For instance, this storm here is in our preseason forecast is what we talked about scatter shot development within a day or two of the coast. And it's because of the nature of the season it has a similar look to past seasons. I tell people in Texas all the time, Alicia, which was a Category 3 hurricane, did not originate over the tropics. Alicia actually originated over Montana and came south. Upper air disturbance took a week to come from Montana to the Gulf of Mexico, got out of the Gulf, and became a storm. And that's what Barry did. Barry came down from the northwest, and you could see it coming last week. And so, you know, what I do for a living, I have to warn people in the path of that and get them ready and so we made the call last week. Now, what is this going to do the rest of the way in? Well, I guess they've upgraded to a hurricane uh, based on uh, the wind reports of the, uh, uh, one of the oil rigs south of Louisiana. It's reporting wind gusting to 87 miles an hour now. And the thing about this storm is, Sean, it's a south-weighted storm, if you look at a cloud photograph. But tomorrow and Sunday, it becomes an east-weighted storm. So even though it goes west of New Orleans... The big problem in New Orleans is, like what happened in Harvey. Remember, Harvey was off to the 150 miles south, uh, west-southwest of Houston, 100 miles in there, and yet the heavy rain bands came off the Gulf into Houston. Well, we're concerned about that because there's going to be a one- to two-foot band of rain someplace between New Orleans and Lafayette. If it gets out to the east over New Orleans with what's going on in the Mississippi – plus the storm surge that is coming out of the southeast, that could lead to the problem with uh, water overtopping the levees. Now, I've been really reading up on this stuff, and the Corps of Engineers uh, seems pretty darn confident that is not going to happen. And as long as that heaviest rain band can stay west of New Orleans, that, I think, is the case. But it is a very, very perilous situation, And it took three to four months for this to evolve. Why? Because 
that part of this is because of all the snow, the late season cold in the central plains, the late snow melt, and then the big spring rains came, and you, all that flooding in Nebraska and Iowa takes a while to work its way down the Mississippi. And uh, but you know what surprises me, Joe? Seriously, and and. Uh, this is this is why we love you, because you have this encyclopedic knowledge and memory, and you're so good at it, and you're passionate about it. I kid you about it, but, I mean, I'm it's inspiring how good you are. Here's the thing, though. When they rebuilt the levees in New Orleans, now, New Orleans is below sea level. Correct me when I'm wrong here. A, and, lot, of, a lot of New Orleans is below sea level, yeah. Correct. So my question is, now, why did they not anticipate what the highest possible uh, a tide would ever be and build it at least six inches higher than anything they could ever dream of. Because that shocked me that we're so close to the tipping point of the new levees. Yeah, well, the tip, a 20-foot storm surge into New Orleans has never occurred before. Again, this is a unique situation, Sean, uh, where, uh, you know, part of this is so not So you think they the built surge. it the right height? Do you think they that th- this is yeah, the worst I, I, situation? I, I, I think I think they I think that that is a reasonable height. But as I said to you the other day, if I were to if I were to analyze the worst case situation in New Orleans, it's twenty five to thirty feet, and that would be a category three or four right. hurricane. I got to move on because I got a lot of news. Let me ask you okay, this: yeah. yes. Who, name the cities that need to be prepared, and uh, what time is it going to hit? Well, first of all, it's a slow-moving storm that is not going to weaken very quickly over land because of the fact that the upper levels are so uh, loaded. Once it, the further north it goes, believe it or not, the more impressive the upper la- upper levels are. But Lafayette, Baton Rouge, uh, tomorrow into tomorrow night, New Orleans, tomorrow, tomorrow night into Sunday. This is going to be a long siege for a lot of people. It won't be the kind of thing where the, like when Michael, where the hurricane came in, roared through and was gone. Sustaining winds how many hours. miles per hour? Well, I think the sustained winds at landfall, uh, 75 to 80 miles an hour. But a lot, where this is going, uh, there's not a lot of people living there. The big problem with this will be the bands of heavy rain on the eastern side and the squalls and the continued pushing up the Mississippi River from the Gulf of Mexico of that surge going against the river trying to come back down. So, it's right. still, I mean, tomorrow at this time, uh, again, this is going to last into Sunday, and then Monday or Tuesday it'll be finally out of there. But this is a long siege for Louisiana. All right, and we hope and our thoughts and prayers are with everybody. Buckle up, hang in there, and if you're told to evacuate, my advice I'm not the biggest supporter of government, but if they tell you, I would recommend highly that you do I so. I agree. All right. I, Joe Bastardi, weatherbell.com. Thank you. You know, So the president, by the way, bailed out Pelosi two days after she said, oh, he wants to keep America white. And he said, no, she's not a racist. You know, he just, why? He, I, look, I'm, I'm glad the president did it. I guess he felt it was the right thing to do, but. You know, I just don't ever see Democrats just lie about these issues way too often. And it's hurtful. And they never get called out on it. I think except for me, I just keep playing the tapes from I take it all the way back to 1998 and before every election season. Republicans are racist and then everything else in between. But this is now also on a new frontier with with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez playing the race card against Pelosi, saying she was, you know, singling out. The Congress women of color for punishment. Lacey Clay, a senior member of the Bl- a Congressional Black Caucus, rushed to defend 
Pelosi, saying AOC's way out of line. And he's a Democrat from Missouri, slammed AOC. And he faces a primary challenge from a leftist Democrat. He made the statement after Ocasio-Cortez did this to Pelosi. Uh, he said, how dare they try to play the race card at this point? And he says it shows the weakness of their argument. It's damaging to this party and the internal workings of the Democratic Party. John Lewis of Georgia said that uh, Ocasio-Cortez remarks went a little too far. We got to work together, pull together for the country's good. He said the great majority of the caucus membership tends to work together and get along and we need to go forward. I don't, I, I don't think there's any stopping Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know, it was interesting. The Blaze had a piece out today where her chief of staff admitted what the true goal of the new Green Deal is. Literally quoted as saying, you know, ask the question, uh, do you think of it as a climate thing? No, he said, because you really think of it as how you how do you change the entire economy thing? Which is what I've been telling you. You know, government control. Remember, she said, we'll run business. We'll tell business how they're going to run. And government control of industry and business. You know, that is what the socialist and, you know, communist economies do. They run industry. Look at the dictionary definition of socialism. Ocasio-Cortez also wants to get rid of the Department of Homeland Security. Wow. So we've got all of this unfolding before our eyes. One of the most interesting developments that I see is how afraid now the Democrats are about Mueller going to testify. Now, oh, and by the way, uh, we have at the top of the hour, General Flynn's brother is going to join us. We know that General Flynn now is a new attorney, Sidney Powell, who wrote the bestseller, License to Lie, and she eviscerates Andrew Weissman in that book. Um, But anyway, apparently, according to Fox News, a breakdown in negotiations with Mueller's team about his testimony caused the delay into next week. But one of the big underlying causes is Democrats have figured out. And and Nadler tried to play this game yesterday. Well, we're not going to have time for every member's questions. And every member on the Republican side, oh, yes, we will. You know, and they started citing House rules, as we discussed yesterday. But, you know, the negotiation to have Mueller testify has now broken down again. And I'm not sure it's even going to happen at this particular point in time, you know, because they've had these internal talks. I don't think Mueller wants to testify. The nine and a half minute disaster was probably enough for him. And he got bailed out by the attorney general. The attorney general said it's just basically a show. Mueller himself has said he's sticking to the script. What is in his report? He already got off script when he said, oh, well, yeah, we couldn't indict on the issue of obstruction anyway because of DOJ policy and constitutional concerns when he had said just the opposite. And the media was out of out of their minds. Giddy, it's alive. It's alive. And then five hours later, joint statement, special counsel and Attorney General Barr put that to bed. But I'm watching this and it's pretty interesting. Because I don't think Mueller wants to be there and I don't think they're getting what they want. But if Republicans get their questions in the ones we've been going over, why did you care about FARA violations? Why did you care about taxi medallions, taxes and loan applications? But you didn't pay any attention to a a dirty bought and paid for Russian dossier of lies that was used to influence the 2016 election. How did you ignore that? How did you ignore FISA fraud, premeditated FISA fraud? 
And then why did you allow Weissman, apparently, which we learned yesterday because of uh, Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch? Why did you allow Weissman to hire only Hillary donors? He was at Hillary's election party celebration, victory party celebration that never happened. And now Democrats are even acknowledging a P article that questioning Mueller is not going to be easy. So they pushed it back a week to the 24th. I'm not sure that happens. But this whole thing is bogus, and it has been bogus from the beginning. And if Mueller wants to save his reputation, he's probably smart not to go out publicly. You know, we're learning a lot about our justice system. You know, all these people, by the way, that have cooperated and testified, and and they were encouraged by the White House, cooperate with congressional committees, you go to the House committees, then you go to the Senate committees, then you go to the special counsel's office, and then you got to pay lawyers fees for all of this. And then we learn with General Flynn and the filing by Sidney Powell this week. Oh, yeah, they wanted General Flynn to say this about his partner, and he refused because it would otherwise be a lie. And, you know, there's something really radically wrong. And it happened in the Manafort case. You know, if they can offer something of high value, like your freedom, if you just say what they want you to say. Um, how is that any different than bribery? Except now you're bribing with, you know, something not just of value, it's everything. You don't have your freedom, you have nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that's how, and then they become the star witness. I never understood Sammy the Bull Gravano. You know, 19 murders, he gets a plea deal. As long as he testifies against Gotti. Well, what credibility does he have? He'll say whatever he needs to say. He's a killer to get out. Um, but they do it all the time. I think it's, it is a very dangerous, very bad practice, in my opinion. By the way, there was a, a, I think it was on the Gateway Pundit. They had a piece. This is an interesting thought that the outsourcing of intelligence gathering to circumvent U.S. laws, that might be a much bigger thing than we thought. We're going to watch that really closely. Um, all right, so we're going to get to, oh, we have some Epstein updates. By the way, Donald Trump, who threw Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago, well, he's now urging the media to track down Orgy Island visitors. Good for him. And Lolita Express flights with the ones that had you know, girls on these planes, young girls, the Palm Beach police are saying Epstein used threats and intimidation to silence accusers. You know, one of the things that um, I know now that the labor secretary who was involved in this case is now stepping down. But, you know, one of the things Pam Bondi said when we interviewed her the other day was, oh, OK, well, these are harder than you think, because, you know, think about this. If you have a 14 year old kid, think of that Daily Mail article. I was 14. I had braces when he did this to her. And I was watching one of the interviews on the Today Show, Savannah Guthrie. It's just, it just breaks your heart. Now you're the parent of the 15-year-old girl, and you're saying, well, do I want my kid to relive this evil and testify and then be beaten up by a defense attorney? It's not, it might on the surface be an easy question, but it's not in reality. You know, you, you, what trauma that kid has already endured. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. It's just sad when you... When you see such, you know, evil in the world and it exists everywhere. What surprised you about some of the questions that Robert Mueller asked you? Well, look, the Russia thing is a hoax. I have been tougher on Russia than any president, maybe ever, 
but than any president. We're, but when it comes defend- to the investigation that the special counsel is conducting, I mean, 34 people have been charged here. Excuse seven me. Guilty okay, you ready? Okay, you ready? Of the 34 people, many of them were bloggers from Moscow, mm-hmm. or they were people that had nothing to do with me, had nothing to do with what they're talking about, or they were people that, that got caught telling a fib or telling a lie. I think it's a terrible thing that's happened to this country because this investigation is a witch hunt. It's a terrible witch hunt, and it's a disgrace. Do you think it should be When you look at General Flynn, where the FBI said he wasn't lying, but Robert Mueller said he was, and they took a man and destroyed his life. Your handling of the Flynn interview, how is it consistent with the investigations roadmap for agents, the Domestic Investigations Operations Guide? It's entirely consistent, in my view. Well, so give me your question. Next level down. What do you mean? No, I mean the the Domestic Investigations Operations Guide is the roadmap for investigations for all agents. And there is a special section for sensitive matters and and individuals. And I'm wondering if you feel comfortable that your handling of Flynn was completely consistent with that. I do. I do. Very much so. All right, there you heard it. You know, one of the great injustices in all of this deep state abuse of power and corruption, in my view, has always been what has happened to General Flynn. I mean, a 33-year veteran, he was in combat for this country, served this country honorably for 33 years. And as you heard the president, as you heard Devin Nunes, uh, you know, Comey and McCabe, as Nunes, they made J. Edgar Hoover look like a saint. Now, remember, they illegally unmasked, leaked raw intelligence. So it's a crimes against General Flynn. And then to hear McCabe, you know, was called by General Flynn and, or called him and said, no, no, the FBI guys are coming over, but it's not anything legal. You don't need a lawyer. And he's the deputy FBI director when he knew because he was working in conjunction with the FBI director, James Comey, and they were investigating him. And Flynn had no idea because they told him you don't need a lawyer anyway. So then Comey's in this town hall. We're going to play this for you where he is being interviewed and he's bragging how he literally did something that he never would have ever dreamed of doing in the Obama administration or the Bush administration. This was on day four of the Trump administration. Any new administration in day four is probably going to be somewhat chaotic. That makes sense as everyone sort of settles down into the where are they staying? Where is everything? How do I walk around? What clearances do I have? Computers, etc. But he's bragging that he took advantage of the early days of the Trump administration to set up a 33-year war hero. Listen. You look at this White House now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the same room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um, <laughs> um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration, in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration. (laughs) The protocol, two men that all of us have perhaps increased appreciation for uh, over the last two years. (laughs) And in both of those administrations, there was process. And so if the FBI wanted to send agents into the White House itself, to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel and there'd be discussions and approvals and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough. Let's just send a couple guys over. Everything you just heard there, you, you, you need to, there's got to be a sense of shock and awe that you have an FBI director bragging 
about how he set up, took advantage of a new administration so that he could go in and question somebody and 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 all protocol is thrown out the window. And then you add the, the added piece here is, number one, they had already known everything that General Flynn had said because he was surveilled. He was unmasked and the raw intelligence was even leaked. And then on top of that, no, no, you don't need a you don't need a lawyer at all. It's fine. This is normal. Nothing. Blah, 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 blah. Then the agents go in, including Peter Strzok, and then they interview General Flynn. And they didn't think in any way he was lying. Now, as the process goes along and General Flynn gets thrown out of the White House, uh, we're now learning that apparently somebody sat Vice President Mike Pence down for, you know, three hours or or some length of time to say this is what we've got on him. To this day, we don't know exactly what it was. Um, But I do know the FBI agents did not think that he was lying to them. So why did he plead guilty to lying? Well, number one, he was going bankrupt. Number two, he had to sell his home. And number three, knowing the tactics, unsavory at times, of prosecutors, and especially this band of uh, uh, people like Comey and McCabe, um, they had no compunctions about being fair. And, you know, remember what Judge Ellis said, you put the screws to somebody in the hopes that they're going to sing or compose. You know, I have a real problem now. We keep running into this where prosecutors are offering something of great value, and that would be freedom in the case of Manafort if only Manafort says what he is saying isn't true. In other words, if you lie, and Sidney Powell, who wrote License to Lie, a great book exposing Andrew Weissman for the corrupt individual who was withheld exculpatory evidence in the past and put innocent people in jail in the past. Why he became the lead pit bull for Mueller is beyond any comprehension I have. Mueller knew his record, never should have put him there. But then they start threatening, well, we're going to have to investigate your son and your family. And what father at that point doesn't say, all right, I have no more money. My house is gone and now it's going to cost me millions more and they're going to go after my kids. So he did probably what most fathers would do. He dove on the sword and admitted to something he didn't do for the sake of his family. That's what I'm pretty sure happened. Joining us now is General Flynn's younger brother and spokesperson for the Flynn Legal Defense Fund. Uh, Joe Flynn, thanks for being with us. I heard that there's another Flynn that got a third star recently. That's right. Uh, Sean, first of all, thank you very much. And I want to say publicly on behalf of the Flynn family, a huge thank you to you and your staff and people you work with. And particularly you, Sean, for all your support that you've given General Flynn through this terrible debacle we're going through. And, and you're right. My, my brother Charlie was promoted uh, to lieutenant general uh, last Thursday. He's now the chief of operations for the Army, reporting to the, to the chief of staff of the Army. Great man. Great American. Did I describe, in your view, accurately the process by which General Flynn decided to plead guilty to something that not even the FBI thought he committed? A crime he... Th- you absolutely... He- you absolutely did. You absolutely did. It was right on, right on the money. Um, you know, they, they bled him out financially, no question about that. Uh, you're right. We, we sold the home that time. We pushed Mike to, to open up the legal defense fund. He didn't want to because, you know, he's a proud guy, three-star general, five years in combat, uh, 33 years, a decorated war hero. That's not somebody who wants to, you know, go looking for money. But when they, when they come after you with an army of lawyers, it's impossible to fight it. And you're right along the lines with his son. They were going to go after his son as well. And that's why we're in this predicament right now. You know, we, we, know, that, we know that he's an innocent guy. We know he's not a liar. And, um, you know, we're fighting it. We're, 
and thank God we've got Sidney Powell on our side now. Well, I like Sidney Powell. I was a little surprised by her comments last night about cooperation. We'll get to that in a second. So you're confirming they did threaten to go after his son because his son worked in business with him. I mean, it's, it's my opinion, yes. It's my opinion that, that that's, that's how I read it. Now, they've been very careful, uh, you know, they've been very careful not to, you know, let us know the details of their legal strategy or what has happened. But, you know, from all I can see and from all I can tell, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of how we ended up here. Well, let's talk about the process. When you hear James Comey admit that, oh, uh, of course, I wouldn't do this in the Bush administration or the, or the Obama administration. I took full advantage and sure, I send them over. Um, and then on top of that, we learned that the deputy attorney general McCabe, that in his particular case, he said, no, you don't need a lawyer. But he had also yeah. previously been illegally surveilled, unmasked, and raw intelligence leaked on him. Isn't that a crime, too? Sydney would know I mean, the answer to that. It's incredible, and, I, and I'm, I'm really hoping that Sydney gets to the bottom of all this. I mean, I was in court uh, on the last hearing uh, in June when, when Sydney was presented to the judge, and she specifically asked, if you remember, she specifically asked for a security clearance so that she can get access to all of this information that really hasn't been disclosed yet, because uh, the prosecutor in that day said there is no class. I mean, we haven't disclosed any classified information. And Sydney's saying, I want access to that. So I think Sydney's going to dig hard and fight hard and find out what's really going on here, Sean. And well, as you said, as, as to Comey, the, the amount of smugness in that comment that Comey made, I think that just kind of paints the entire picture of what we've been dealing with for the last three years here. I mean, it's, it's I think it's, I, I am shocked that this is, I'll tell you why. Because your dad served his country honorably for 33 years. He fought in combat for 33 years. And we're not going to give him a straight up answer if he needs a lawyer when he asks for one. You know, President Trump tweeted in May of 2019. It now seems General Flynn was under investigation long before it was common knowledge. It would have been impossible for me to know this. But if that was the case and with me being one of two people would become president, why was I not told so I could make a change now? But that would assume that 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 General Flynn did something wrong. To me, they only charged him with lying to the FBI, and and this is where we are. What did Sidney Powell mean when she said she was going to continue, that General Flynn would continue to cooperate? Well, obviously, she she has to be read in. I mean, she just took the, she just took over, right? So she's got to read thousands of millions of documents uh, to get to get up to speed on everything that's happened to, to General Flynn up to this point. She's not ready to do. She's not ready to make any major changes until she has more information about what's, what really went on here. And so I think she's given herself time. Again, my personal opinion, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking. You're to not privy to the it. insider view. I understand. I'm not privy to, well, well, she right. did say 16 months ago that she thought it might be a good idea for your brother to withdraw his plea. And, and you, know, you know, I mean, that's her opinion. And she said that publicly. She said it to me many times as well. And, you know, I think now that she's there and she's getting information and getting up to speed, We'll see where she goes with it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's time will tell. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we have General Flynn's, Michael Flynn's brother, Joe Flynn, with us. More on the other side. And uh, he went bankrupt in this whole process. Had to sell his house in this whole process. And listening to Comey just infuriates me. All right, as we continue with Joe Flynn, he is Lieutenant General Michael Flynn's brother, um, as we, you know, I, I still can't get over Jim Comey and McCabe and what they did to this man. And the FBI never thought he was lying. And now he he's, has to sell his house. He's bankrupt. 
and and still we can't resolve this thing. One of the things that I, I guess is most disturbing here is that number one, the setup and that the fact that they had all the information, they had the answers, they tell them not to get a lawyer and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. is you know, if we're gonna treat veterans of this country this way, yeah, the people yeah. that were willing to fight, bleed, and die for their country and and these civil liberties that are so precious to everybody that we learned a lot that civil liberties aren't protected in this particular case at any level. And I hope those that abuse power are held accountable. Um, then we're not protecting anybody. Um, right. I've got to believe that there has to be great outrage. Now, I, I, I was there was a moment where the judge apparently misunderstood something that the prosecution was saying yeah. and and excoriated your brother is yeah. not as almost being a traitor. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, it was a terrible moment. And the judge was completely misinformed. The mainstream media, as they always do, ran with it, saying the judge is calling him a traitor. Then the judge comes back after recess and profusely apologizes for making that statement because he he was completely out of line in his statement, which was a very unfortunate moment. But, of course, the mainstream media runs with that, just like they do everything else. Is he the same judge presiding in this case? Yes, he is. Because he did suggest at the time, don't think just because we're putting off sentencing that that means that the sentence is going to be any different when we come back here. That's correct. And, uh, and they, they had a uh, June 13th, we had a hearing with Judge Sullivan. His name is Emmett Sullivan, and mm-hmm. he's a well known judge. And uh, by the way, he was the judge in the Ted Stevens case, interestingly. Case. And yeah. Stevens was he exonerated long after his career was destroyed. He has a history of being, anti, you know, kind of very anti prosecutorial or very misconduct. In other words, he's, he's actually for the rule of law. That's how I would put it. That's right. What I was, what I was, it was curious to me when we went to the last year where Sidney was presented as Michael's new attorney. He was very flattering to Sidney. He was very welcoming. Uh, he mentioned her book, and and it was it was an, it was a different feeling that I got uh, from Judge Sullivan uh, this time than than last time. I think a lot of people got. I happen to be the only one in my family there. I don't know if you know we Mike. We have nine brothers and sisters. We're a very large family, so we. we uh, you're, it's we Irish, by the way, uh, and I happen to be a Flynn descendant. My grandparents, oh, my dear. grandfather was a Flynn, yeah. My mother's Sounds maiden cool. name was Flynn. Listen, I'm going to have to Sounds run, cool. but you, you guys have set up a uh, defense fund for Lieutenant yes. General Flynn, and I, uh, I want to know people, if they want to help him, where they can go yes. and do that. Where did you, What's the website? So it's MikeFlynnDefenseFund.org. That's MikeFlynnDefenseFund.org. And we appreciate all the support from patriots across the country. We're going to continue to need funding to uh, to deal with this situation. And Sean, I just can't. He, thank he you literally enough. went bankrupt over this. He has no money. It's been it's been a very difficult time financially. We're talking multiple. You know, we're talking seven figures, multiple seven. And he sold his. He had to sell his house. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Unbelievable. All right. Thank you for your time, Joe Flynn. Please send our our prayers and best wishes to the general, and we hope we get to the truth and that this is resolved the way it should be. This can't happen in America. We can't do this to people. You cannot say, oh, you don't need a lawyer. Ha! I took full advantage. Ha ha. Wow. It it just flabbergasts me. I am here to say we are not backing down on our effort to determine the citizenship status of the United States population. I stand before you to outline new steps my administration is taking to ensure that citizenship is counted so that we know how many citizens we have in the United States. Make sense? 
We will defend the right of the American people to know the full facts about the population, size of citizens and non-citizens in America. It is essential that we have a clear breakdown of the number of citizens and non-citizens that make up the U.S. populations. Imperative. Knowing this information is vital to formulating sound public policy, whether the issue is health care, education, civil rights, or immigration. We must have a reliable count of how many citizens, non-citizens, and illegal aliens are in our country. The Department of Commerce sensibly decided to include a citizenship question in the 2020 census, as has been done many, many times throughout the history of the United States. Unfortunately, this effort was delayed by meritless litigation. As shocking as it may be, far-left Democrats in our country are determined to conceal the number of illegal aliens in our midst. They probably know the number is far greater, much higher than anyone would have ever believed before. Maybe that's why they fight so hard. This is part of a broader left-wing effort to erode the rights of the American citizen and is very unfair to our country. Therefore, we are pursuing a new option to ensure a complete and timely count of the non-citizen population. Today, I will be issuing an executive order to put this very plan into effect immediately. I am hereby ordering every department and agency in the federal government to provide the Department of Commerce with all requested records regarding the number of citizens and non-citizens in our country. They must furnish all legally accessible records in their possession immediately. We will utilize these vast federal databases to gain a full, complete, and accurate count of the non-citizen population, including databases maintained by the Department of Homeland Security and the Social Security Administration. We have great knowledge in many of our agencies. We will leave no stone unturned. The Census Bureau projected that using previously available records, it could determine citizenship for 90 percent of our population or more. With today's executive order, which eliminates longstanding obstacles to data sharing, we're aiming to count everyone. All right, that was the president yesterday. It was interesting to watch some of the reaction to what the president's saying because of a court decision and which he could have brought back to the courts. Uh, thanks, John Roberts. Once again, you're doing a great job uh, screwing things up. But putting that aside for a second here, uh, the president made a decision. Do I go back into the court system? Do I try and thread a needle that they want? And will it even be, in the end, successful? And so he and the attorney general, Barr, said, you know what? We're just going to do it another way. Just like when he couldn't fund the border wall because Congress wouldn't do it, he went through executive emergency action. And he was able to successfully get it done that way. Uh, now the president is saying he's not going to back down, and he is just decided to take a new, different approach, perfectly legal, within the executive branch's power, to get a full accounting of all people in this country, legal and illegal. Anyway, joining us for discussion, Congressman Buddy Carter. He is with Georgia's 1st District. David Schoen, criminal defense civil liberties attorney. Thank you both for being with us. 
Congressman, let me start with you. We had Matt Towery on yesterday, and we were talking about a, a pretty dramatic shift in, in demographics in Georgia in recent years. Now, I was there when in 1992 as a local radio host, and Georgia then flipped to be a Republican state. Prior to that, that was not the case. Uh, we saw with Stacey Abrams and the Governor Kemp that they had a pretty tight race, and and according to Matt Towery, who knows Atlanta polling better than anybody, he's saying that it is not as reliable, uh, reliably Republican, especially in what was a stronghold for Republicans in past elections, Cobb County. Uh, is there an, an illegal immigrant problem as part of it, or do you just want to get to the bottom of it for the country's sake, and why is it important? Well, both. I think that you could make a, a case for both of those points there. Certainly, we want to get to the bottom of it. The president wants to get to the bottom of it. The American people want to get to the bottom of it. I mean, two-thirds of the people who have been polled say, yeah, we want to know. This is the kind of question that, that should be asked. And even when you break down the demographics of those polls, you see that the majority of Democrats want to know. They want to know, are you a citizen of this country? Is it important to us in Georgia? Yes, it's important to us in Georgia. Particularly, Sean, as you remember, there are two Georgias. There's Atlanta and there's everywhere else. And I represent everywhere else. I represent the South Georgia. It's going to be extremely important to us that we have accurate figures so that when grants or, or educational grants or whatever kind of grants there may be, whenever those are doled out, that we get our fair share. Let me go to Attorney David Schoen. Now, this question had been asked in past census. Um, John Roberts, I guess, writing for the majority, shoots this thing down and says no, that he felt that, you know, there was almost contrived what the, the reason given by the administration. I didn't feel that way at all. I just think it's basic, simple common sense. As Ted Cruz said, you know, we've done it in how many other past, uh, you know, census takings in the in you know every 10 years we have done this in the past why not now that's that, that's right it, it, it's about as common sense as it gets frankly and you're 100 percent right between 1820 and 2000 um some version of this was asked on every census including place of birth something like that it's as common sense as it gets but one thing i want to address is there's this notion that every time the president has a policy the uh, democrats attack and he comes to a businessman solution that honors the president's interest and the country's interests avoids litigation and that sort of thing, they say he's retreating. He's not retreating here. First of all, it was part of Secretary Ross's plan to do exactly what the president is doing is saying to do now also. So there's no backtracking there. Secondly, he came up with a solution to get the same information. But let's be clear, just take one step back. You know, we have a constitutional clause called the Census Clause, the Enumeration Clause, Article 2, Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3. It says Congress has to have this census every 10 years. But Congress delegated it to the Secretary of Commerce to make a census as he would direct, what he determines to be important. The only gauge on that is uh, it can't be arbitrary and capricious. All the decision said now is, listen, you're perfectly entitled to ask this question. It's been asked many times in the past. We don't like the reason that you gave. We think you kind of rushed through it. Go back and think about it. And the president made a practical decision. We don't want to take that kind of time. It's going to delay everything. we got to get the census out. But last thing I well, want to the census is also is already printed, so it would be That's an right. addendum That's or right. an additional piece of paper, and that then becomes difficult in and of itself. 100% right. Let me just say this last point on this thing. The reason given for not including this uh, question is, and let's assume the evidence is clear, 
less people will answer the questions. People who are non-citizens won't answer. So think about what their argument is. By violating the law and not answering the question, you won't be counted, and therefore your district won't be... uh, um, uh, We have the borders that otherwise would have, and you won't get the federal funds you would get. You know what the answer is? This is your common sense, boys. Obey the law. Be counted. You get all the federal funds that you're entitled to then. We don't don't reward people for violating the law. And that's ultimately the rationale here. But if they take the population numbers, David, which is what is called for, and you you don't ascertain the percentage of people that might be illegal immigrants, and, you know, there are estimates, they're all over the map. I've heard 8 million, 11 million, 16 million. We we just don't know. Um, I don't think I've ever had confidence in any one number that they're looking at. And anyway, so I'm, I'm just looking at the common sense practicality of this. Is it going to impact where congressional districts lie if there's millions of people that are in the country illegally? Yeah, but again, those people then should say, listen, I'm not a citizen. That's the answer to it. Oh, well, they might, that might have consequences. That's true. That's what the law is all about. Um, you shouldn't get funds if you're not if you're lying on the on the or, or omitting or failing to obey your constitutional duty to uh, respond to the thing. And we are as a government entitled to know who's a citizen and who's illegally in the country. Period. How you develop a policy around immigration is another question. We're entitled to that information. And what? And so, Congressman Buddy Carter, I ask you. So, all right, do you think that the president and his plan as getting the seal of the approval of the attorney general and the commerce secretary is going to get the same information because that we do have data uh, resources available to every department. And if every department reports back as has been demanded of the president, I would think that we can get a fairly accurate read on where we are at least. No question about it, Sean. Uh, as we like to say in the South, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And the president has, has come up with a way that we can do this and, and do it accurately. And it needs to be accurate. And, and, and David is absolutely right. This is just common sense that we're talking about here. Unfortunately, in Washington, D.C., it doesn't go over very well up here, that being common sense. But it is common sense. And, and, and I hear the Democrats say, well, uh, this will deter people from answering the question and therefore from filling out the, the census report. Well, you know, give me a break. If they are not a citizen, they shouldn't be, finished, they shouldn't be filling out the census report anyway. Last yeah, word, I, Dave. I think, you know, last word, David. Yeah, Go your, ahead. Answer, your answer is, can they still get this information accurately? I think, unfortunately, for these folks, they're going to rue the day they pushed them this far, because now there's going to be hypersensitivity among all the government agencies to accurately report the information and report where there are illegal aliens living based on information culled from other agencies that may have slipped under the carpet otherwise. All right. I want to thank you both for being with us, Congressman uh, Buddy Carter. Thank you. And also, David Show News Roundup, Information Overload. A lot of your calls coming up in the next half hour. And as we continue, let's hit our busy phones. News Roundup coming up at the top of the hour. As we say hi to Terry is in Tyler, Texas. Terry, hi. How are you? Happy Friday. Welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Sean. What's going on? Well, I just think the census thing, I have an odd feeling that's just them not wanting the American people to know exactly how many undocumented people are in this country. Well, I think there's a lot of things, you know, and then, of course, it gets turned into a race issue. Well, it was ironic this week. Uh, Nancy Pelosi saying, well, they want to make America white again. I mean, just typical 
Yeah, as I've been saying, it's not every two and four years now. It's every second minute hour of every day, the the typical uh, playbook of the Democrats. But then it was interesting to watch Ocasio-Cortez come back and say, well, Nancy Pelosi seems to be attacking all the time women of color. And uh, that same tactic Democrats often use. Turn, what'd you say? I said it's kind of funny watching them try to argue with themselves and tear themselves apart. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and by the way, it's not a nice thing to say about somebody, especially when it's not true, isn't it? And that is oh, Playbook 101 for the Democrats. Oh, let's refer to re- Republicans. They're racist. They're sexist, misogynistic, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. They want dirty air water. They want children to die and they want to kill grandma. Um, you know, but it's interesting. The point that I've been making Isn't it interesting that the people in this country that were so disproportionately negatively impacted by Biden, Obama, Democratic policies for eight years, that they, if you break it down demographically, are the ones that are doing the best under the Trump economy? And this is not by accident. If you cut taxes, you limit regulation. If you want to raise the standard of living of every American and put the ladder to success in front of everybody's door, the best thing we can do is cut taxes, especially for individuals and corporations. Corporations don't pay taxes. They pass that money, uh, that burden on to us. And then when you and burden some regulation, you open up our natural resources. We're now energy independent for the first time in 75 years. It is the single biggest wealth creating moves that any administration can make. That's why we have 7 million new jobs created. That's why we have, according to the Census Bureau, 7.5 million more jobs available today. That's why we are at record low unemployment for all the demographic groups we talk about, African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, women in the workplace and youth unemployment. These conservative, limited government, low tax, limited, burdensome regulation policies work time and again. Whenever they're tried, they work. All right. Quick break. Right back. News Roundup. Information overload. Tonight, a a Hannity town hall uh, as we now ask the questions of Mueller that the mainstream media probably won't ask. Great show. Great panel. 9 Eastern tonight on Fox. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, Sean Hannity show. Uh, All right, we're going to get to a lot of your calls here. So last night on TV, we played a video, and I think it was one of the funniest things we've ever played. It's this guy, he's in a bagel shop, and he's having this meltdown. Linda shows this to me yesterday in front of the entire team. They had been watching it all day, and they're still cracking up laughing. And this guy just, just starts ranting at other customers. And then, and he goes up to one of them and says, "You want to see meet me outside?" Right, you first, meet- you're man. You're like one of those people who retells yeah. a joke all wrong. You give the punchline first. It's just terrible. Can I please do this? You don't. You're not no, even I didn't give the punchline yet. You gotta. You, why don't we play it and then? Oh, you gotta set it up because it's a visual thing, my friend. And okay, the, the guy is in a bagel store. He's having a meltdown because. I, I, I let him say it in his own words. <laughs> do you want me to say it so we can no. set it up? No, I want to play it, and then we'll set it up. It just works. <laughs> it just, I, I just got to get his words in there first. Okay. But it is hilarious. I just, just will explain. Imagine this. A bagel store. A guy's having a meltdown. It's on video. Everybody's like, what the hell is going on here? And it ends a certain way, which we'll explain on the other side. 
Why is it okay for women to say, oh, you're five feet on dating sites? You should be dead. That's okay. Who said that to you here? Nobody. Women in general have said it on dating sites. You think I'm making that up? Everywhere I go, I get the same. What do you mean take it out? You're biting lip. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boss. Dude, you want to step outside? You want to step outside? Huh? I'm not standing, pal. Enough. You shut up, too. Just like the Got an attack. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just bagels. All right, now there's a second video we're going to get to here in a second. Wait, 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 wait. This is the best part of the whole video. The end with the girl. She's like, oh, my God. I just want a bagel. I want a bagel. I just want to I just want to get breakfast. Um, so for why we don't know why this guy was ranting about what women say about short people on on social media. And, and, and I think dating it was pretty, sites. So clearly dating he's sites on or dating sites and he feels that he is not being selected or treated properly due to his height. OK, so he did look it didn't look too tall. But so what? You know, I mean, people looking for different qualities in people. I don't know if people if it's that important. You know, let's say you meet a person with the greatest heart that's the most generous, wonderful person. Um, is height really going to make that much of a difference to you? Well, okay, I think My the inside... My ex-boyfriend was 5'2". And I'm 5'9". Five, five five right, but everyone needs to know you've had like a million ex-boyfriends. Oh, my God. No, you really? did date a lot. Well, no, you... you oh, well, forgive I think me. That, I had no idea. I think that's, I think that's a compliment. And oh, yeah. That's a compliment. You know what? I got hey, go to Sean, the I can't floor. see you. That hole that you're digging is really deep. No, I'm not. Wait a second. Did, right, you, I, roll, roll? I did you not I gotta have... Go have a weren't a you store? a popular person that got asked out by a lot of people? Is there anything factually wrong First in that statement? First of all, being First popular... Of all, and, no, no, no. Answer... And being asked out... Okay. And going out and obtaining a long right, so list. So then follow, let's go through the questions. Were you popular and did you get a lot of people that would ask you on a date? No and no. I don't believe that. No, by the way, neither does anybody else in that room. Uh, you know what it is? When I was in high school, I, first of all, I went to an all girls high school. So, you know, I didn't, you know, and, and there were no boys there. So I didn't get asked out. So, yeah. And I did not, uh, you know. I played the violin, Sean. I was a straight A student who played the violin. You know, uh, you know, I was in marching band. You know, but you know, put the pieces together here. You know. Oh boy, there's no and yet, you know what you I'm saying. You didn't play any sports. You don't I didn't know really about blossom. I didn't really blossom. Oh, good grief! Until, These are terms uh, I don't really want to get into. Blossom. Here. I, I have a long list of men I dated, but blossom offends you. No, I mean, but you, you know. but you had long term relationships with guys, and you had boyfriends, and you were I'm a popular. chronic monogamist. Yeah, I'm popular. Once right, I got to you, you were a very popular person. You have a, obviously an outgoing personality and very loud. And as a result, you didn't have a hard time meeting people that were interested in you. Is that a fair way to characterize That's it? That's so much nicer. Thank you. Okay. And then you did date a number of people in your life. Is that true? A true statement? Sure. Okay. So why are we even talking about this? Why do I have to tear it apart and break it down? Because you were popular. Oh, I think the audience will let you know soon, but go ahead. I don't think so, but think we'll see. So. All right. So this guy has this meltdown. Now, the interesting part is, so he gets up, you want to go outside? You want? And, and the guy that he's doing it against is much bigger. And then he does like this tummy push into the guy. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? And he's, he's escalating and escalating. Then this other guy comes out of nowhere. And when you watch, and we'll put the tapes on Hannity.com, when you watch it in the s- slow motion, 
But he didn't he, really push him in the in the tummy. No, he, he no, he was him. pushing the guy that was raging out there. He he went up and he threw his stomach and hit the one guy, not the guy that eventually tackled oh, him. Oh, oh, the shorter man hit the taller man in the belly. Yes. I got you. Yeah, he bubble he belly bumped him. He belly bumped him. Never heard of it before. <laughs> just made it up. He belly bumped him. And so out of nowhere, he's he keeps ran, and another guy comes out of nowhere with a flying knee right to where it's gonna hurt. A huge takedown, and then it ends. That's the end of the video. But we have part two. Inside Edition was able to track this guy down last night. Now, the interesting part of this, nobody got arrested, nobody got in trouble. I guess everybody got their bagels. And the guy, well, this is him being interviewed last night on Inside Edition after the incident went viral. What do you mean take it out? And you're acting like I committed mass shooting or something. That guy twice my size that women love, the bullies, attacked me. He was quickly done talking. You know what? I, I don't really, no offense, I don't really like you that much, so this interview's over. Twi- the bullies attacked me. Now let's go back to the first tape. He said, you want to go outside? You want to go outside and then visualize this guy that apparently has a problem. He's upset about how tall he is in life. Belly bumps the the guy that he's yelling at saying, let's go outside. Let's play that tape again. Why is it okay for women to say, oh, you're five feet on dating sites? You should be dead. That's okay. Who said that to you here? Nobody. The women in general have said it on dating sites. You think I'm making that Everywhere I go, I get the same smirk with the biting lip. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boss. Dude, you want to step outside? You want to step outside? Huh? I'm not standing, pal. You shut up, too. Just like a guy in the attack. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just. I just wanted bagels. Oh, it's just, but honestly, I think this guy, the thing that he doesn't understand is it's got nothing to do with his height. It's got everything to do with his attitude. Well, okay, He's I got mean, a really bad attitude. Uh, I, it's, I actually think this guy's like, you know, somebody got to watch for going postal. You know, we always have these incidents and then we find out later, oh, Supposedly, was, he lives in a van down by the river, and I'm not making that up for being funny. In New York City? In New or? York, in Long Island. Oh, great. Right in my backyard. Great. Exactly. Um, I just thought, and I'm watching this whole thing. Now, we have another nutty video that took place. This one involves our, our friend, Dr. Gorka. So you've got this CNN Playboy guy. And he says they're all these people because the president met yesterday with high profile social media people. And he just decides that they're all demonic or something to that effect. And finally, Gorka just walked and he goes, come over here. Why don't you come? You want to go out there? This must have been the moon might have been in a, a certain place last night that everyone's losing their mind. Just for the record, he'd kick your punk ass. What was happening yesterday? How did we miss all the action? I know we're over here covering the deep state. And, yeah, we're uh, over here covering the deep state. 
and There's, expose it. it it's and, the war of height. I, I, it, this had to be something. This had to be some lunar lunar positioning no, of the it's moment. Very, it's like, was Mercury in retrograde? I don't know. Something was very strange. I don't even know what. Mercury's in retrograde? Oh, no kidding. That's what it is. Everybody is loses it? their mind. Oh, come on. You don't believe that crap, do you? I totally believe all that stuff. All right. What does Mercury in retrograde mean? It's just the alignment of the planets and basically the pull. The planets? The planets. Okay. What do you call them? Planets? Whatever. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call them what they're supposed how do you call it what do you say about golf i already told you what i want to do about golf golf where did you come up with the word golf when the, uh, golf is not a word golf is a word it's a right, word what country but... did we go to first for the first summit with kim jong-un we went to singapore singapore that's right and what do we do what what kind of radio format is this this is talk talk format talk and what do you drink in the morning black rifle I drink Black Rifle coffee. Yeah. Okay. You don't. You have a slight, slight New York accent. It's very slight. You can hardly hear it. Um. I don't know, but I. It's funny. All right. So, uh, let's see. Eddie in Florida. What do you think of this person at the bagel shop? Well, as a, being a Southern boy, I'd say his cornbread ain't done. But in this case, I'd have to say his bagel is a couple of chives short of sour cream. Not sure. <laughs> his cornbread ain't done. Is that that's what they call it? That's yeah, a new phrase for me. Ain't done. <laughs> wow. He's a couple of fries short of a happy meal. Oh, wow. Um, you know the funny thing is, there is a serious side to this. So this guy's nuts. No normal person is going to act this way in, a, in any store. But you have nuts all over New York. We see them every single day. And then, you know, then you have different degrees of nuts. Then you have nuts with evil. You know, like all those, you know, I, I read the story about Epstein. I was 14 with braces. I, 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 there's such a rage that naturally builds up in me. And these people exist. You know, we think that evil just exists with regimes, you know, Hitler and Stalin and, and you know, fascism, etc. No, it's people can be just pure nuts and pure evil. And it's like, wow, it's like when you have kids, you're like, you want to put them in a straitjacket and, and surround them with bodyguards every day. They're so nuts. But anyway, and then he did it in public. Then, he, then the Inside Edition comes over for the interview and he lashes out again. Guy's got a hair trigger. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, let's go to Janet Tampa Bay. So what do you think of our friend in the bagel store? Okay, I'm, I'm originally from New York and 32 years down south here in Tampa Bay now. And I think when I heard it, I don't miss that part of New York because it's so familiar. <laughs> but you're right. It's, it's everywhere. You see it. When that was I in the it, uh, I see it. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, it is different. I've been down in the wintertime to Florida. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, you get off the plane. So let's say Fort Myers Airport, Miami International, right? Mm-hmm. And you get off the plane, and then all of a sudden, you feel the weather. And then you're driving in the car, and then all of a sudden, you see people in shorts and T-shirts. And then maybe they're running. Maybe they're jogging. Maybe they're riding a bike. Maybe they're just licking you know, an ice cream cone and having fun. And you just think, wow, there's this whole other world out there. Why am I killing myself up there and, and, and being charged a lot of money for it? And I kind of concluded that I'm really stupid. I, sh- I should have negotiated moving the whole show, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got time. You're not I've that got, stupid. <laughs> God willing, I have time. 
All right, back to our phones we go as we say hi. Vincent is in Arizona today. Vincent, hi. How are you? Happy Friday, sir. Glad you called. Hey. How you doing, John? Sean, not John. Uh, Sean, sorry. That's all right. Uh, Sean is, by the way, John. Uh, what's your take? Sean is John in Gaelic, in case you're interested. But go ahead. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, I was wondering what your take on uh, the legal take on what the recent Twitter uh, anti-Twitter blocking legislation out of the Ninth Circuit, if that could be applied to the uh, First, Amendment, uh, First Amendment suppression by the big tech companies. I think this issue of these big tech companies, and I, you got to give a, a shout out to Project Veritas and them exposing Google. And as we have pointed oh, yeah. out, Linda will give you how many how many Google 63,000 searches? searches per second, 63,000 searches per second. Now, that is a lot of influence. And if they have a political agenda and that political agenda favors one party over another with that type of reach, it then becomes more than an in-kind donation. That is a type of that is a type of donation that can sway an electorate beyond which, too. I mean, the whole issue of, wow, they're not even they're not even trying to be fair. And uh, yeah, and they have they they wield enormous power, and I do think that there's going to be they're going to have to stop these sophisticated algorithms to either ban people, shadow ban people, or control the content as they are currently doing. Because if they do, uh, they will be basically the biggest donors to any candidate that has ever come down the pike. And we have to see this for what it is. Why don't they just play it straight? And let people decide for themselves. But I don't think that's an option for them. I think they've already made up their mind. All right, Roger, Vincent, kidding. Um, we'll talk next uh, next time. Thanks for being with us. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. It's Friday. We made it. By the way, Hannity, we've got a town hall tonight on the deep state. And the question is, Mueller really needs to answer. You're going to love this. 9 Eastern Fox News. All right. Um, it's Friday. Every time we get to this point, I mean, we're one week in from vacation. I would say by Wednesday, I began to feel right back in work mode. Monday and Tuesday, you kind of still you have that little vacation hangover thing. It goes away by Wednesday. No, I'm, maybe if I took two weeks, it would have lasted a little longer. I don't know. Uh, sort of the glow that follows a, a vacation that you have. But anyway, had a great time this week. A lot of news this week. Going to be a lot next week. And he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at Johnny's feet. Johnny said, devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again. Because I told you once, you son of a gun, I'm the best as ever been. He played foul. Even Linda's rocking out there. I mean, even I Linda. I'm always rocking. Yeah, except when you dance alone at the Redneck Riviera. That's when Riviera. I rock my best, when I don't have dead weight okay. on me. James and everybody else that saw it, Stangy, we all looked at each other and said, oh, my God, this is this is horrendous. Okay, first of all, you all looked at each other and said, God, I wish no, I had we the didn't. courage to dance like Linda. No, I. Uh, that's why I walked over and said, hey, why don't you come on over here? We're all hanging out And what out did I here. say to you? Go fly a kite. You told me to go fly a kite. And then you made up some cockamamie story that John Rich said, oh, you're such a good dancer out you there know, by I yourself. You I might just have to call John Rich and put him on the air and say, well, you go straight. ahead, because I don't believe that story for a second. I don't. Like, he wouldn't remember. He does how many shows a year? He's not going to remember one individual show that we happen to be at. At his that's his bar. It's called the Redneck Riviera. He has the 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 new whiskey. By the way, in the back of the bar, that's where I spent a lot of time hanging out. There veterans get, you know, you show that you're a veteran that you are are currently serving, you get a free shot of Redneck Riviera whiskey. 
That was though before they started making Redneck Riviera whiskey. And it's a big hit. And then they even have the special select Redneck of the Blue Bottle, Redneck Riviera whiskey. Um, anyway, it was a fun time. I'll say that. All right, let's get to our phones. Amy, Colorado, how are you? Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Happy weekend. Happy weekend. I'm oh. so happy. Yeah, me too. Um, my thoughts on that guy, um, I see it kind of both ways. I think he's pretty nuts um, for, for lashing out like that. But I'm like, I'm five feet tall, kind of like Linda. And right. um, I love I love you guys going back and forth, by the way. And, yeah, by the uh, way, she is annoying at times. Don't you think that she annoys me on purpose? I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's on purpose. I don't think she's annoying. <laughs> no, she no, she definitely goes out of her way to like push my buttons. She admits that she does. It's part of my joy. I, I mean, my life my would joy. be so meaningless without irritating you. Like I said, mm. that's why we missed you when you were away. There was no one to irritate. Amy, first of all, well, go ahead. All right, uh, thank you. <laughs> But, you know, these people are nuts. Why are why is everybody on a hair trigger? And if you're just joining us, it's up on my website, Hannity.com. This guy's nuts. He's out of his mind. And, you know, the good news in that is the guy that did tackle him didn't get arrested. I expected that news to break any time. A double standard, though, because girls that are short are kind of seen as more cute and um, kind of more adorable than guys that are short, I think. Um, I married a guy that's like six feet tall. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But he didn't. He definitely didn't need to do what he did in the shop. That's for sure. Uh, that is absolutely for sure. And I don't know. And but look, if you belly bump somebody after you say you want to step outside, yeah, you want to you want to come outside. Okay, if you belly bump the guy, then you've now made contact. And you know, although they have in New York, this is such a strange law. How long ago was it we, we went over the New York law that you must retreat, even if somebody breaks into your house? You've got to make an effort to, to walk away from the guy that's, you know, in your house in a home invasion. You can't just go aggressively and take him down. Uh, right, which is, exactly. That, that exactly. is insane. If he invades personal space, then, you know, um, that's not right at all. So, yeah, uh, he definitely didn't need to do that. Well, all right, Amy, thank you. We appreciate you being with us. Have a great weekend, okay? Uh, All right, Joe in Georgia. Sean, you have a great program, but I'm against sending illegal immigrants health care money. That's ridiculous. And your show is going to lead Trump to the biggest landslide victory in history, and I'm fired up. We don't want socialism. But we need to all get behind Sean Hannity and give Trump a landslide reelection. How about that? Well, I think that can very well happen, but don't get overly complacent. I, a Republican to win nationally, you got to thread the needle and you got to run the table. That's always hard. Dana, Tennessee. Last year, my son went to uh, Ireland wow. to, finish his ma- to finish his master's degree at the University of Cork and Last Christmas, he gave us, before he came home, he gave us a call. He said, hey, they're not going to let me back into the country unless I prove either I have an income or X amount of dollars in the bank. And we were pretty much devastated. He's a student, you know, starving musician. And so luckily he had money in the bank. But I think the United States ought to take a look at that and say, hey. Let's not let these people come in and give them free stuff. Let them earn their way before they. Listen, I just believe in merit-based immigration. It's really simple, and I believe that we should be able to vet 
And actually, the people that want the limited slots available, they should pay for it. We should be able to vet the people that we allow in. I don't care where you come from. Just as long as we know you're safe, you want to be a part of our family, and you also need to pr- prove that you're going to be able to take care of yourself and not be a burden on the taxpayers. I think that's fair. All right, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. A great Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, as we have a studio audience, Robert Mueller. I'm glad he's testifying. Well, we're, the Democrats are now scared to death. They have kindly finally have figured out, oh, this is, may not go the way we thought. Uh, Whoopsie-daisy. And Jim Jordan and Doug Collins and Devin Nunes and uh, Matt Gates they're going to get questions, too. And we have a lot of questions we want answered. We'll go over them tonight at 9. Hannity Fox, quick break. Right back this Friday. We'll wrap things up. Glad you're with us. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. And Hannity tonight. So even though it's delayed, we have the special counsel still planning to go and testify on Capitol Hill for what is a fourth and fifth investigation, the never-ending Trump conspiracy collusion investigation. But... Now Democrats are nervous. And one of the reasons will be the questions that we are outlining tonight. Special audience edition, Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News Channel. Hope you watch us. Hope you join us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you tonight at 9.